0: John Chapman. What is going on, faithful? Welcome to episode, is this 891 um, of the 49ers Rush podcast? And I'm excited about today's show. You know, it, it was brought to my attention. We did all of the roster countdown. And, man, we're still working through each one of those episodes. Just recorded number 60, released that this morning on YouTube. I know they're coming out at a little bit slower pace um, on the audio format, if that's how you're listening to them. But – I, I forgot how much just data <laughs> is goes into that and shout out to uh, the legends coach Cruz and 49ers faithful forever. The Forty ers guru for all that they've done there. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff to take away from all this data. You know, you rank one through 91, which is a ridiculous amount of players. And we did this last year. So now we have two years worth of data there. And I got several emails just about like, hey, who's the biggest riser? Who went up the most? Who fell down the most? What are some things that you took away from last year versus this year? All those types of things, which are awesome questions. And we have all this raw data, and I didn't have time to really dive into it. But today we will. And so I went through, and a lot of it was triggered um, by the Ambry Thomas episode because you know we just released that one, and it it was – how do I say this? I was like, good Lord. You know, we had Ambry Thomas, number 28 on most important for the 2022 season last year. He fell all the way to 61 this year. That has 33 points he dropped. And I was like, surely that's got to be number one. And it was. Uh, But then, you know, I I go down this freaking rabbit hole of, you know, looking at all the players that were ranked last year versus this year, where they fit, where they didn't, who were the risers, the fallers, who stayed the same. And so that's what we're going to be diving into. I think it's going to be a lot of fun because as I went through this process, I learned a lot. Um, and I was just like, "Whoa!" even though I had the, the raw data in front of me, even though I helped compile that, I think that it tells a very interesting story about this roster and this team. So we'll dive into that. Also, the NFL just announced 60 semifinalists for the Hall of Fame um, in the coach-contributor category and the seniors category and the Niners implications on this are gigantic. So, um, you know, wanted to kind of dive into each one of those and what that looked like Um, for the coach contributor category. The Niners have four very relevant play, uh, not players, coaches, contributors that I think, you know, kind of fell into that category. Um, None more important than John McVay, who, you know, obviously the granddad of, you know, McVay, Coach down for the Rams all that kind of stuff. He spent 20 John McVay spent 21 years with the 49ers. He was here the architect, the you know, director of player personnel to general manager all 5 Super Bowls. He had a very very active role and hand in creating those teams. That just seems easy because you know, you can do the whole Bill Walsh thing, you can do the George Seifert thing, which we'll talk about in a little bit. You can talk about Eddie DeBartolo Jr. How many people had a hand in all five? That's a very, very small list, and I think John McVay has got to be near the top of that, beyond deserving. Now, three um, of these can get in. It's It all depends on votes and all that kind of stuff. But George Seifert's number two. And I don't know. I feel like I'm the only one. Not the only one. I'm not the only one. I don't think I could be a bigger George Seifert fan. Because similar to what I just said about John McVay, who had a hand in all five Super Bowls, George Seifert's number one to me. Not that you know Bill Walsh is not important and was there, and all those things are important. However, he went around, you know, for the last ones. And if you look at what Seifert did, Seifert showed up in 1983 as the defensive coordinator. We won the Super Bowl right after he showed up. Now, people would say, well, the team was built, whatever else. I disagree with that. Here's the craziest thing to me, okay? George Seifert was here for 14 years as DC and head coach. The defense finished top eight in 13 out of 14 of those years. One year, we didn't finish top eight, and we still finished. I think we were 14th that year, so still top half of the league. And I know Jerry Rice, that's how I got brought into this crazy fandom and all that stuff. Awesome. Great. The defenses were the one thing that were extremely constant during that time. 83 to 96. You know, he was the head coach for two of those Super Bowls. He was the DC for three of those Super Bowls. And if you just look at his record as a head coach, just the head coach. Eliminate the D.C. talk. He has more. He He's the 49ers career leader and wins coached by a head coach. Best winning percentage over anybody. Most playoff wins. All those over Bill Walsh. Now, I'm not saying he's better than Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh changed everything. But if this dude had this same resume with the Lion, literally almost any other team besides, like, top five franchises – He'd be regarded as the greatest coach in the game. He's that damn good, and so it's it just shocks the hell out of me that Seifert is not already in the Hall of Fame. Uh, McVay, with what he done, was uh, that's great. George Seifert should be in the damn Hall of Fame, and it's not even close. And you know, we're gonna talk Roger Craig and Patrick Willis, and yes, I believe those guys. George Seifert needs to be in over those guys. What he has done for this franchise, and I know that somebody's like, "Well, he was given this great team and whatever else." I, I don't know about that. I, I just I don't know about that. <laughs> Josh, he said it's because of his sideline face. Yeah, he had the look, man. Uh, there, there is no doubt about it. Just always, just looked like a pissed off parrot on the sideline <laughs> at all times. You know, we were doing our 1994 Zoom watch parties. And yeah, it was just, it was bad. It was just bad. Every time they pay into him, just a statue just over there, just pissed off. Um, But I don't care. The resume speaks for itself. Should he have won more Super Bowls? Sure. But he won two Super Bowls in eight years as a head coach. Two Super Bowls in eight years is incredible. That's awesome. Should it have been three? Sure. But two out of eight? Good Lord. Uh, I, I don't think that there is a team. If you could guarantee two Super Bowl wins in eight years, every single team would take that. No questions asked. He's that damn good. Now, a couple other big time assistants are up, not necessarily for what they did with the Niners. Mike Shanahan. You know, he was the offensive coordinator for three years. He was only with the 49ers for three years, which I know, like after Kyle Shanahan, all that stuff, it seems like it's more, but he was only here from 92, 93, 94. We did win the Super Bowl, his 94 a year. The thing that I thought was most interesting in all three seasons that Mike Shanahan was the offensive coordinator, the 49ers offense finished first in points scored, first in points scored, and first in points scored. There was not one year Mike Shanahan was here that we did not lead the NFL in scoring, which that's pretty freaking fascinating. Um, And then Mike Holmgren. He was an assistant for six years from 86 to 91, um, you know, offensive coordinator, quarterbacks, coach, all that stuff before he went on to the Packers. But still, major 49ers ties. I understand Shanahan and Holmgren are not being brought into the Hall of Fame if they do get in. As 49ers guys, that's not what it is that it, but it, it, it is part of their story and it's a part of our story as well. Uh, there, there, there's no doubt about that. Uh, here we go. Coach says, how many NFC title losses did he have? It could have been a lot more than two. Um, let me see here because if I look up George Seifert, he's not even up there for losses, playoff losses either. Like, I get that we want to, you know, put that on him that, you know, those were his losses or whatever, but they weren't, you know, I I just don't think that they were. You had the fumble, which we're going to talk about in a second, the Roger Craig fumble. I think that was under his, you know, his, his year. So, so I don't know. Yeah, I think I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, I get it. He lost a lot of games to the Cowboys. That's Sure. No problem. I I don't have a problem with that, but you get it done. The the thing there's that awesome series right now out called the playmakers. And, you know, the athletics just did a hell of a job and it's a five episode series. I just finished it this morning. I couldn't sleep because I couldn't listen to stop listening to this five hour program. It's so good. I'm probably listen to it again. It goes through Kyle Shanahan, um, you know, all the Mike McDaniel, all those guys. And the thing that I kept taking away is just, man, you have to have things go your way to win a Super Bowl. Like, even whenever I was coaching in Texas, and, you know, I was a part of some very, very good teams that made some deep playoff runs against some great players and great teams. And we had several state-winning and NFL championship-winning coaches on our roster, like on our team, that were coaching with us. And all of them said the same thing, man. You've got to have – the ball just got to bounce your way. like. So many things. And, and I feel like the most common discussion we get in now is anytime the Rams get brought up, oh, but they won a Super Bowl. And they did. I'm not trying to take away their Super Bowl or any of the other Super Bowls. But look what had to happen for the Rams to win their Super Bowl. I, I mean, good Lord. Jimmy Garoppolo had five of his worst consecutive plays all in a row in the fourth quarter. Jaquaski tart drops that interception. You have, okay, then they get into the Super Bowl. You have this fourth and one conversion that was awesome by the Rams. Then you have this phantom, made up, fake pass interference call that extended a drive that wouldn't have been extended. You have the Bengals. I mean, there's, you can go on and on. Like, there's six things that are out of everybody's control. The ball just got to go your way. And were they deserving of it? Yes. Were the Bengals deserving of it? Yes. Were the 49ers deserving of it? Yes, I think they were. We beat the Bengals earlier that year in Cincinnati. So, am I NFC championship losses hurt? There's no doubt. But at the same time, man, those are, they're not all on Seaford. Uh, Kyle Williams dropping a ball. I know that wasn't Seaford time, that was after, but I'm just trying to put it into perspective. Like, Stuff happens in a football game that you don't have control of. You don't have a control. And whenever that stuff goes wrong, it just goes wrong. It's just what it is. Now, let's switch over to the players. There were 31 senior players that were nominated. Um, Up to three can get in, depending on the percentage of votes they get uh, from the Writers Association and all that. Um, Roger Craig was the one that was uh, nominated with 49ers ties. This is not new for Roger Craig catfish I don't know man I do the draft tape every year and there are one or two players that will always jump off with that knee drive and it just like triggers a response in the back of my head that just says Roger Craig you know what I mean just that knee drive just pump those knees baby you look at his resume probably you know three Super Bowl wins that's huge um First, thousand and thousand running back or any position, you know, thousand yards rushing in a year and a thousand yards receiving. He's he's the first one. Only three guys have done it ever Christian McCaffrey, who's on our team now, Marshall Falk, and Roger Craig. Roger Craig did it decades before the other two. 13,000 plus scrimmage yards, 73 touchdowns. You know, Mark Adams, 49ers Camelot, does a hell of a job. He put this out on Twitter. First player to score three touchdowns in the Super Bowl, Roger Craig. Only player to make the Pro Bowl as a halfback and fullback the same year. And that's way back when the Pro Bowl meant something. It doesn't anymore. First running back to have 100 yards receiving in a Super Bowl. Four Pro Bowls, one All-Pro, 1980s All-Decade Team, 1988 Offensive Player of the Year. He was third in MVP votes that year. Boomer Esiason won with 31 votes. Randall Cunningham was second with 21. Roger Craig, 17 votes. Dude almost won MVP as a freaking running back. Now, his Hall of Fame score from Pro Football Reference is a 77.4. It's that, that's the biggest kind of fl- thing against him. However, it's not the worst. He's got a higher score than Jerome Bettis, John Riggins, Paul Horning, Larry Zonka. He is one point behind Tony Dorsett. One point. Roger C- Craig belongs. There's no doubt about it. Um, No clue why he's not in there. And he's just such a stand-up dude. Still active in the 49ers community, uh, the San Francisco Bay community. I mean, he's just freaking awesome. You, You cannot tell me. You can tell the story. And this is the question I go down to, you know, when we talk about Hall of Fame. Can you tell the story of the running back position without Roger Craig? Hell no. No, you cannot. Literally transcended. A lot of that was Bill Walsh transcended the position by 20 years. I, dude was so freaking good. So good. Ah, Anyway, love that dude. And, and so will he get in this year? We'll see. He should get in, but we'll see. Now, uh, I got a question from, I got a good email I want to talk about. Then let's jump into the roster. But before we do, if you're going to any 49ers games this year, we got you covered. Going to 49ers games is awesome. But, What's even better than that is going to 49ers games with the faithful, joining the community. And we got you covered. The 49ers Rush Road Trip is going into its fourth year of bringing the faithful together. Night before parties, tailgates the day of. We got you covered. Go get your tickets at 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Football season may be over but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you, and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three pointer or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100 Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Um, I got a question from Nick B. And I like this question, but I don't think I'm going to answer it the way he wants me to. (laughs) Which I apologize for that, Nick. But he says this. Is it possible that Kyle may use Trey Lance like Taysom Hill? Um, You know, thank you for your efforts. Uh, Here's what I will say. We saw a little bit of that in 2020. You remember Trey Lance threw the first touchdown pass of the season, you know, came in in the goal line and, you know, threw a touchdown pass. And then Kyle came out and said, man, it was messing up his rhythm. He felt it was messing up the quarterback's rhythm, so he just decided to scrap it. A lot of that, too, had to do with Trey Lance getting injured, his finger, then his knee, then his ribs, all these things getting hurt running him so damn much up the middle. But I don't think that they will. Um, they could, but, again, I, I don't I don't think it's a possibility. And if they did, there's another player on the roster that I think would fill that role even better, and that's Jack Coletto. Um, undrafted free agent out of Oregon State. They called it the jackhammer package, where he would do the shotgun goal line and short yardage formations at Oregon State. And dude, just scored touchdowns. That's all I did. Uh, you know, he, Jack Coletto is a fun player. If you haven't yet, just type in Jack Coletto countdown and it'll pull up on YouTube. And you can watch our whole episode just on him and what he's been able to accomplish. He's pretty damn awesome. Um, And so, I mean, fullback, halfback, wide receiver, tight end, linebacker, quarterback, played it all. And, you know, one of the highest price undrafted free agents we got, he got $110,000 guaranteed on his deal, which was third most for all of the undrafted free agents we had this year. So I doubt it. Kyle Shanahan, he he, kind of tinkered with it a little bit. Didn't like it. Just didn't like it. And so... I I don't expect that too much. Now, the one thing I will say, Nick, I don't think there's any way we don't see multiple quarterbacks this year. I I just... I, I don't care if Brock's healthy week one, if Trey's healthy week one, if they're all healthy week one. The NFL is just different now. It's totally... like. Everybody's bigger, faster, stronger. The type of five wide, you know, releasing five eligibles out into routes that the Shanahan scheme does tremendously well. There's hits on quarterbacks. It's it's a thing. And the defenders are getting bigger, faster, stronger. It's just going to continue to be a thing. So I, I don't think, regardless of who the quarterback is early, And I hope we do have a quarterback that just stays completely healthy the whole time. I just don't see that happening. Uh, Josh right here, he says, yeah, strong possibility we see all three. We saw four last year. So, yeah, I could definitely (laughs) – I I wish it was the case. And, you know, I'd take any one of them for all the games. I just don't see it happening. Just don't see it. Whether you get the breath knocked out of you, get your ankle rolled up, whatever else. Not that I'm predicting the injuries like last year. The problem with last year – where they were all season-ending. That was the problem. You know, Trey Lance snaps his leg in half. (laughs) Like, you don't come back from that. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo gets rolled up on. He has to have a surgery, then another surgery, and he might not even be ready for training camp for the Raiders. Like, that's the thing. Whenever you stack these injuries that are that rough. You go back to 2019, when Jimmy Garoppolo played the whole season, he was banged up several times. But there's a difference between you know, hurt and injured. You play through hurt. You pay play through pain, which Jimmy has done. I know that was a big time critique of him, but Jimmy's done that. Playing through injury is different. And that's what you don't want. That's what I mean. Jimmy played through the shoulder, played through the thumb thing. He played through a lot, but you can't play through broken <laughs> broken legs you don't play through. Uh just doesn't happen in today's NFL. All right. Let's transition now. Let's go to the roster. Um, Just the roster countdown observations. And again, yeah, thank you, Anthony. I appreciate you, man. He says, hit that like button. I like the hat in the picture. I like that. Um, The biggest risers, right? So from last year to this year, I wasn't sure where to cut it off. So I cut it off at 12 because I I charted all of them, and it was just like, okay, is five a big deal if somebody jumps up five spots, ten spots? And I, I felt like there was a kind of a clean cutoff. Um, so we'll start at the the lower end and work our way up. Okay. So Ray Ray McLeod, he jumped 12 spots. He was at 42 last year. This year 30. Why? Why did and again the whole process of this? We had five. I got it right here. I want to, I should probably cite the people. Coach Cruz, uh, Brian White. Josh, the 49ers guru, Clayton, the man behind the scenes, and myself, all five of us ranked out one through 91 because the Niners have a roster exemption with Alfredo Gutierrez. So we get 91 players instead of 90. Um, And so we ranked them one through 91. And we did it like a golf score. So we added up all the way across, right? So like Nick Bosa and Trent Williams were the top two, whatever else. And so like, let's just say, Nick Bosa was number one across the board. He wasn't, but let's say he got five first place votes. He got five total points, right? And so we totaled up all those points and numerically, the lower the score, the better. And then that sorted our list one through 91. And so whenever you're like, if you're asking, like what caused somebody to jump up or down, that's what I kind of want to focus on. So you had Ray Ray McLeod jump up 12 points. Why? Well, we knew he was going to be the special teamer last year, but he proved he could be a wide receiver. Came in in some great situations. Debo was down, stepped in. He was an absolute stud. Um, I I think that, again, he is the returner that we hoped he would be. He was great last year. and didn't fumble the ball either. Um, And also provided a little bit more wide receiver and playmaking ability on the offensive side. So I think that's one reason why. Kevin Givens went from 51 to 38. Now, you remember Kevin Givens started week one for us. We had four straight defensive tackles get injured in a span of two weeks before the season started. And so Kevin Givens went from might not make this roster, I thought he was behind Maurice Hurst, to starting in two weeks. And so that's a 13-spot jump. And, man, you're looking at Kevin Givens now. He might be the fourth Defensive tackle, but he's got to be in the rotation. He's earned it. You know, Hargrave, Armstead, Kinlaw, Givens. I I think that's the depth chart. And if you want to put Givens ahead of Kinlaw, they're completely different players, different sizes, different, almost different positions, but they play the same position, right? Um, But yeah, I'm with you, Josh. Yeah, Givens is so underrated. You know, the Niners just continue to get these guys that just ball out. Um, in their second and third years, they they sit around, you keep them on the practice squad, they get their chance year two, year three, and they shine. And Givens was exactly that. Womack, Samuel Womack, uh, he jumped from 50 to 31, which is interesting to me, 19 spot jump. He's probably not, I thought he was going to start, dang it. <laughs> when we went into free agency, I was like, yep, Samuel Womack starting Nickelback week one. Then they signed Isaiah Oliver. So you've got depth there, but man, I I really want to see Samuel Womack play. And the idea, again, we talked about quarterback injuries, right? Cornerback injuries are probably even more prominent, whether it's Emmanuel Mosley, Jason Verrett, um, Ambry Thomas, so on, so forth. Like, it just happens. Sorry, I had to take a quick drink of coffee there. Um, <clears throat> but the idea is this you're going to get a cornerback banged up at some point. They just play too physical. We ask the 49ers ask their corners to play very physical. So at some point, something's going to happen there. Now uh, we stick with this Oren Burks. I love Oren Burks. He jumped 46 to 26. So 20 spot jump. I think a lot of that has to do with the Z's leaving. Um, Would Oren Burks be there? If Aziz was back, probably not. Uh, he was awesome on special teams. I think Ord Burks was the third highest rated PFF player on defense for the year. Just didn't play a lot. But when he did step in, he was great. Uh, Colton McKivitz from 32 to 12. We got Colton McKivitz in the top 12. Whew. Uh, that, again, I think that's explained by Mike McGlinchey. I went back last year, and a big reason why we had Colton McKivitz 32 last year, we weren't sure, if you jump back at the DeLorean, we weren't sure Mike McGlinchey was going to be ready for the first part of the season. Remember, he had the quad tear, missed a lot of the previous year, hadn't seen much of him. Everybody's talking about how he lost all that weight, then he gained back this weight. McGlinchey showed up early, but we all, I thought, Colton McKivitz was going to be playing early last year. Uh, just didn't happen. Kalia Davis jumped sixty six to forty three. It's a twenty three spot uh, jump. And a lot of that was we knew he wouldn't play last year. <laughs> he was drafted as a medical redshirt. Tore his uh, ACL, I believe, at the combine or at a combine workout. So, Kalia Davis, man, that's just bonus. He's just gravy. Like you don't need anything from him because that defensive tackle spot's so strong. But, goodness, you've got somebody that sat in meetings. He started working out on our playoff run. Got that 21-day practice window uh, activated late in the year. Went through practices. Was on the scout team, all those things. And then they just sat him down. So I fully expect him to be completely healthy. So we'll see there. Diamador Lenore. He went from 41 to 18. 23 spot jump. Because if you remember... We thought Ambry Thomas was going to (laughs) start. Was not the case. Was not the case. Um, Oh, look at this question right here. Anthony says, I'm predicting it. Niner's going to make a big splash before the trade deadline. Going to get Saquon Barkley, or offensive lineman. Kyle wants to win it all. We've seen them do this multiple times. Uh, They like to do value trades once they know. They're in the playoff hunt, right? So you kind of wait the first month to two months of the season because usually the trade deadline's right around Halloween. And so you you get through September, you get through October, then it's like, okay, what are we missing? Is there an injury that's caused us to miss a spot? Or are we just deficient in one area? And they've gone in. You know, Emmanuel Sanders, you've gone and got two defensive ends. You trade for Jordan Willis, you trade for Charles Aminihue. Then you go and get Christian McCaffrey in a huge blockbuster trade. Not to mention, draft capital next year, whew, 49ers got a lot, a lot, a lot of picks. They've got their own first rounder, second rounder, third rounder. Then they get a comp pick for McGlinchey. They get a comp pick for Carthon D'Amico. So that's three third round picks, their own fourth rounder. They get a fifth-round comp pick for Samson Hebecom, their own sixth. They get another sixth-rounder for Jimmy Ward comp pick. They get another sixth-rounder for Emmanuel Mosley comp pick. They get a seventh-rounder of their own. They've got a ridiculous amount of picks. And, you know, here's the comp pick chart from over the cap. And so you can just see, like, again, we have our own first, second, third, fourth. We don't have our own fifth. That was in the Christian McCaffrey trade. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And so, you know, you, you look at all those picks. Good gosh. How many is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. We got eleven picks next year. Now we had a lot of picks this year, but we didn't have a first or second. Our third round pick wasn't until super late. We have our own third round pick this year. We have our own second, our own first. Now, are we gonna be picking in the top 20 of any round? No. You know, even if we have a bad year, you're you're talking like picking 25th. Hopefully you're picking 32nd in the first round. But still, the amount of draft compensation the 49ers will have this year, we haven't had for three straight years. That's just the reality of the situation. So, yeah, I like that. Um, And I think, you know, I'm with you there, Anthony that they will go get a spot. If I had to p- predict a spot, it'd be right here. I'm with you, Josh. They trade for an edge. That makes the most sense, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. What's up, bro? Hashtag CC. Love it. Um, so, yeah, fun stuff. Jason Poe, I had, again, back to our risers from our roster countdown, 75 to 51. He jumped 24 spots. And we've got all these second-round players, a whole bunch of them. Uh, <laughs> the rest of the list is all second-year players. Listen to this. Taylor Hawkins jumped 24 spots. Quantrez Knight, 26 spots. A lot of that is because Taylor Hawkins was 87 last year. He jumped up. Quantrez Knight was 82nd last year. He jumped up. Curtis Robinson was 85th last year. He jumped up 28 spots. Jordan Mason, who I was high on last year. I had him at 67. He jumped all the way up to 33. That's a 34-spot jump. Marcelino Mercury ball at him at eighty eight. He jumped to fifty three. Spencer Burford. whoo jumped forty two spots? forty two. He went from fifty nine last year, a bubble player to seventeenth. fifty nine to seventeen. that's forty two spots. It's incredible. Now, as Coach Cruz very well astutely put, has to be Purdy. Number one, you are exactly correct, my friend. Uh, Brock Purdy jumped. <laughs> Brock Purdy was rated number 78 last year. 78. This year, it's hard to put him because we did this right after the surgery. So you have to kind of keep in mind, context is important. This was right after the surgery. We started this whole process of going through you know, and ranking all these players. We ranked him 14th this year. I think that'd have to be even higher now. Because I don't think, you know, the whole premise is who has the largest impact on the 49ers 2023 season. We were operating under the timetable that the doctors gave us that he was going to miss the first four weeks. Well, I don't think if we redid this list, Brock Purdy would be at 14 now. Um, Even with the plethora of quarterbacks that the 49ers have and Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, and Brock Purdy, you throw in Brandon Allen as well. But, you know, when we did this, we had it last year was 78, this year 14. That's a 64 spot jump. And I think it's got to be even more than that. Um, I think it's got to be even more than that. Um, What's up, Marco, man? Um, He said, What's up, buddy? Long time no see since I joined the chat. Love to have you here, Marco. Appreciate you, man. Uh, It's good to see you. Uh, Good to hear from you. So, It's interesting, though, because, you know, as I look at this list, and I think this is kind of how the 49ers do everything with their redshirt process. You don't get much contribution from players their first year, but their second year, good gosh. And you know what? Ray Ray McLeod, not a second-year player, but second year with the Niners. Given, second year. Womack, second year. Oren Burke, second year with the Niners. Colton McKivitz, he's been around a little bit more than that. Kalia Davis, second year. Demo, second year starting. Jason Poe, second year. Taylor Hawkins, second year. Quantas Knight, second year. Curtis Robinson, second. Jordan Mason, second. Marcelino, second. Burford, second. Purdy, second. If these guys pan out, even half of them, what an incredible draft haul you got last year. And a lot of these guys are undrafted, right? So, like, you're not going to put the undrafted guys very high on your list. Because hey, why would you? What's up, Bim? Hashtag CC baby, I love it. Countdown crew. Now let's go negative. Um, and I see you, Coach Cruz. I see you logging into the sheet. I got the open like uh, a <laughs> Excel sheet with all of our rankings on there. I see them just logged in. You cheater! Uh, <laughs> I love it, absolutely love it. So the biggest fallers, right? Which You got to look at both sides of the spectrum. Let's just be really honest with you. Um, We'll start at, you know, I started counting at 10. We started counting the risers at 12. There were a lot more of those. Biggest fallers, Trey Lance. We had one last year. He fell to 11. Again, if we redid this, I don't think Trey Lance would be 11. I think he'd probably be like 15 to 20-ish. But, again, you know, we did this right after the surgery. So it's a little different. Danny gray fell 10 spots, 29 to 39. And I think that fall could continue to happen depending on the quarterback. I mean, Danny gray was bought brought in to be a deep threat for a strong armed quarterback. Trey Lance, not getting the play in time. It just doesn't fit with Brock Purdy. That's not Brock Purdy's game. Never will be. He just doesn't have it. Kerry Hyder fell 35 to 47, 12 spots. Um, Jalen Moore, 49 to, uh, you know, he's 49 this year, was 34. He fell 14 spots. Ty Davis Price, 27 to 41. He fell 14 spot. Charlie Warner, 40 to 55. That's 15 spot. Kinlaw, 13 to 28. Um, we'll see. This is an important year for Kinlaw. Not so much for the 49ers. I think that his time will come to a close with the end of his contract. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option, obviously. New space might be good for him, but he's got an opportunity to put a stamp out there on what he can do. Is he going to be a top-five defensive tackle? I don't think so. But he doesn't have to be. He can have a good career. Um, We'll see there. DFF, he fell from 43 to 59. That's a 16-spot fall. And it's interesting because I think Demetrius and Fowl is going to be around for a while, but we found out he can just play special teams. linebacker is not it. And you look at the draft, you look at the undrafted free agents they brought in. I don't think DFF might get linebacker snaps in practice. He's a special teams only player. It's just, I don't know what else to say. And the biggest faller, which started this episode in this whole conversation was Ambry Thomas. We thought he was starting. You, you go back from that NFC championship game, right? Had one of the biggest plays of the 2020 season. The walk off interception and overtime, week 17, lose your out, picks off Stafford, walk off pick. That is rare. Niners go to the playoffs, win the wild card, win division round, come up short, you know, in the NFC championship against the Rams. But we walked into last season thinking, this dude's our starter. That was not the way. It just <laughs> wasn't it at all. They go sign Charvarius Warden, free agency. He becomes the one. Emmanuel Mosley, he becomes the two. Mosley gets hurt. They don't even bring in Amber Thomas. Yeah, it just... He felt 33 spots. 60, or 28 to 61. Gosh, that's rough, man. Marco, he says, around how many... Un, uh, undrafted free agents from 2023 this year, do you think have a chance of making the 53, if any? This roster is getting harder and harder, guys. Um, it's hard to find a spot for any of them. I'm going to be honest with you. Last year, we had Jordan Mason. I think that was it. Maybe I'm missing somebody. I think Jordan Mason was it. I Deshaun Jameson got the most money. The only way he makes it is if there's an injury to Ray-Ray McLeod or a corner. Joey Fisher, he's playing guard. We have so much depth there. Jack Coletto, you know, where he fits in with the Kyle Juszczyk thing. They're playing him at fullback. They want to use him short down yardage. They want to use him special teams. Can you use the spot, a whole roster spot on that? I don't know, man. I, I do not see one. I don't see one. I hope somebody surprises. Jack Coletto would be my answer, but, man, I don't see one. This roster, Marco, is – it's hard, man. And, you know, we get down to it, and we're predicting, you know, the top 53 make the roster, and it's just like, yikes, once you get there. Like, you've got some great freaking players that just aren't there. It, it, it's it, its hard. <laughs> It, it this is a hard roster of crap i i don't know what else to say besides that and i think a testament to that you know i got a third category based on you know risers fallers but i also did identical players that kind of stayed where they were and i'll go in order with you know juan jennings he was 25th last year we had him 25th this year he did everything that you wanted. And his role as the number three wide receiver, I don't think, is in question. It's just what he is. It's what he's gonna be. He's the number three guy. That's that's what it's gonna be. And so he stayed the same. Um, Drake Greenlaw was sixteenth last year. He's fifteenth this year. People said I was too high on him last year. He shouldn't be that high, shouldn't be that high. Wrong. <laughs> I I don't do this a lot. I was right on Dre Greenlaw his rookie year. I was right on Dre Greenlaw his sophomore year. I was right on him his third year. No doubt about it. I have been continually right on this kid. I'm not right very often. (laughs) I'm I'm wrong most times. I was right on him. And so we bumped him up 16 to 15. And I think that's where he needs to be. I think it's really where he needs to be. Um, That's just saying a lot, man. He's so damn good on this roster. Charvarius Ward was ninth last year. He delivered. He's ninth again this year. Um, Kittle, listen to this. This is funny. Kittle was fifth. Now he's sixth. Fred Warner was sixth. Now he's fifth. Those two guys, uh, tight end and linebacker, you know, and again, you want to bump up somebody, I get it. Uh, Trent Williams was third. Now he's second. And Nick Bosa was second. Now he's first. So those are like you've had guys that have hit at that top end. And that's why the 49ers are so damn good. Look right here. uh, Greenlaw should have been a pro bowler last year. Hell yes, he should have. And I think, you know, the pro bowl is just such a joke now, but the name recognition has been there. And with what he did in the playoffs, I think a lot of people saw like, all right. Yeah. This guy's, the name's there, the credits there. He's starting to get those accolades. Like move the sticks did their top 10 linebackers, and they like drafted one, two, three, whatever else. He was eighth. You know what I mean? Uh ESPN did top 10 line. I think they had they had him 10th. And so he's get now, he's on the scene. Now the awareness has been raised on Drake Greenlaw across NFL spectrums. Sad that it has to do that. But now it's there. Now, if he performs just like he did last year, he'll be an All-Pro linebacker. He just has to have that exact same year, um, because last year was—you're you're exactly correct, exactly correct. Um, right here, Wood Gravy says, "I think the athletic guy um, Jack might get traded near a trade down." You've got there are players that are definitely worth trading, right? Because you can't hope all these guys come back. Jack Coletto had four offers. From four other teams. He chose us. Why? Look what Kyle Shanahan's done with the run uh, fullback position, right? So, like, that makes sense. But Denver, I think they offered him more money, and, and um, their coach said, we want to make you Taysom Hill. We want to put you in the Taysom Hill role. And he chose us. So, yeah, it, I, I would not be shocked. You cut Jack Coletto, he gone. Somebody's claiming him, no doubt about it. Um. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what that looks like. Um. Let's see here. With Philly Stout fourth in short plays last year, how well will our front several handle uh, that this year? That's a hard thing to stop. That's a schematic advantage that they have in the way that they've done it. The rules community chose not to address it this year. I don't know. I don't think... It's rough, but, man, the 49ers have a pretty good stout defense. I don't think you change your personnel or scheme to address that one issue on a team that's not in your division. I understand that they are the class of the NFC with us, right? It's us too. I would say. You want to throw Dallas in there, you can. The Giants, maybe the Seahawks, but whatever. I think everybody knows it's Eagles and Niners, however you want to do that, but... Yeah, I'm not too worried about that, uh, to be honest with you. I I don't think it's something that you would try to take away that one single play. Um, I just don't think that they'll mess with it, but that's just me. Right here, Anthony says, the roster's deep. A lot of these guys getting cut. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Shout out to the man Clayton showing up. Uh, Just showed up behind the scenes. Everything is better now. Uh, Let me star some of these guys, and that way you know which ones we haven't done. But I have gotten most of them, but... There's a couple more things I wanted to address with this roster countdown before we get out of here. And if you guys got some more questions, go ahead and let those fly. Uh, Clayton Astaro, and we'll get to some of those on the back end. The highest rookie rated on our roster countdown. This might be a shock. It was a tie. Jair Brown, who they traded up for, and Robert Bill Jr. They tied at number 35, had the same amount of votes, 176 votes. Jake Moody was right behind him with 109 votes, 89 votes. Remember, lower the vote total, the more valuable you are. So, you know, we we talk about how good this roster is. And last year, you didn't really get a lot of rookie stuff outside of Spencer Burford, right? Um, But this year, Jair Brown's going to get playing time, whether that's as a third safety or eventually overtakes Tayshawn Gibson or something along those lines, or maybe at nickel, There's options there, but Robert Bill Jr. very clear defined opportunity ahead of him as the speed pass rusher. We haven't had that, the Niners haven't had that since D Ford. So, Robert Bill Jr. is he going to be a starter? No, but if Robert Bill Jr. gets five snaps a game, that's huge, that's huge. Yeah, uh, Josh, right here might be the highest on Bill Junior. I'm expecting big things from him, dude. Big time player showed up in big games. You go watch that SEC championship. I think it was against LSU. It's like overtime almost, or the end of the game. That dude shut that game down. He just shut it down. Go go watch the fourth quarter. Strip sack to end the game, and he was making plays right before that too. It's something the Niners have not had. Speed, speed, speed. That dude is, I'm telling you, Josh nailed it. Um, And probably the number one like random observation I had is looking at the players that aren't around anymore from last year's roster countdown. Niners don't let talent underperform. And when they do, which every team's going to have, they're gone pretty damn quick. And, you know, we look at The biggest fallers, right? We went through and we detailed these. Ambry Thomas, Kinlaw, Warner, Ty Davis-Price. They don't pick it up. They're gone. Each one of those guys would be gone after this year. Because the Niners will give some grace to draft picks. But not a lot. I mean, obviously, you usually let them play out their contract because rookie contracts are fully guaranteed. So if you cut them, you get nothing. But shoot, look at Trey Sermon. Right, And I don't think that Ty Davis-Price is even near as bad as Tracer. I think he's much, much better. He put up some good tape last year. But Ambry Thomas, Kinlaw, Warner, Ty Davis-Price, they got to do something to rewrite this narrative on them or they're going to be gone. Um, Ambry Thomas might not make this roster. He's got to show out. Kinlaw is completely safe. I know people like to highlight him and no, he did not live up to expectation, but when he was on the field, even in the NFC championship game, I know everybody talks about the first half, go watch the second half. That dude anchored and played as good as any defensive lineman. We had that second half. He played really well. Was he bad first half? Yes. Had those three posterized plays that have been, you know, put out there. I get it, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> right. Christian, he says, what I miss. Why is it so dark? Are you in the Bay Area now? <laughs> Christian, what's up brother? Um yes, I am in the Bay Area. It is dark because I had giant box soft lighting, um umbrella lighting, but with the way my office is construed, those do not fit. So I had to order a whole new lighting setup which is on the way. Um so I'm just I, I'm bootlegging it here and it's got track lighting right above me. So if I keep the track lighting on, I look illuminated and I look like I'm like a ghost of some sort with bright red cheese. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so we're scrapping it right now. And, uh, but hopefully, uh, the show's quality is not down. But yeah, in the Bay Area, El Cerrito, excited. Um, very happy to be here, unpacking like a crazy person. We still got so many boxes. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we're happy to be here. So now, um, there is one question that I wanted to talk about. Thank you, Clayton. Um, Coach Cruz, he says, this is why we don't need all 11 of those picks next year. Those picks are capital. And so, do you need 11 rookies next year? No. The roster's going to be even better next year, at least hopefully. But that's all capital to move up and down in the draft, which the Niners haven't really done much lately. They did do one trade this past year when they jumped up for Jair Brown. But... Those are picks that you could use for trade deadline. Those are picks that you could use for off-season trades, whatever else. So I am curious how this front office is going to handle having so much draft capital after two years of having very little. Didn't have a first-rounder, didn't have a second-rounder, didn't have a third-rounder. Now you've got all that and two additional thirds. So if the Niners want to get a little crafty, especially around trade deadline, you can do that. Um, and I fully expect them to. I, I think that's coming. Um, so so we'll see. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, th- this has been a fun episode. And I, I want to say shout out to you guys for emailing me and all those questions. And if you haven't caught the 49ers roster countdown, man, go check it out. The amount of time that has been put into that by guys like Clayton and Josh and Coach Cruz and Brian White, like, just killing it. And, it, it, you know, it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's just... How do I say this? The roster's so good that sometimes it's, it's hard to get excited about players ranked in the 60s and 70s. But, man, just by finishing this episode and talking about all those guys that have jumped up 20 or so spots, the guys that are 60, 70 today that's next year's 5040 that's next year's Emmanuel Mosley Aziz Alshire Elijah Mitchell Jordan Mason you know Samuel Womack uh, you can go at Spencer Burford you can go on and on and on that's what's so beautiful about this team i've championed the phrase that the 49ers are a meritocracy and i think that the roster countdown continues to bear merit to that in the fact that, man, you show up in ball, everything else is details. You'll find your way to the field, but you got to prove it first. Niners aren't giving you jack crap. They traded the farm for Trey Lance. What did they do? They said, sit your ass down and learn. Then once it was his time to show it, he got injured. Now, was that... You know, are they sour on Trey or whatever else and blah, blah. I ain't messing with that stuff. I'm just saying that dude, they traded up to the number three overall pick. Well, Brock Purdy came in and shined and earned. He earned what he got. And now we know where we're at. I hope we get to see Trey and I hope he gets another opportunity to shine with us. But I mean, that's what this team is. They're too damn good and maybe his shot was only five quarters and four of those were in a damn hurricane. Life ain't fair, man. Um, That's just the way it goes. But if I took anything away from this whole practice, which, man, we spent so many hours going through this stuff and the details, and I do not regret any of it. And one of the coolest things is, you know, you get family members of these players to reach out to you, grandparents, moms, dads, brothers, with players themselves. How much publicity is getting put on the number 78th player on the 49ers roster? You know, they're not getting podcast interviews and whatever else. And so I get it. And it's cool. These guys earned it. So take the time if you can, go check some of those out. And if you see a name you don't recognize, go watch it. Learn a little bit. Uh, because I can tell you this I'm the one that's doing it. And I continue to learn, even if it's a player that I've done twice. Um, and it sure as hell makes preseason a lot better. And so, anyway, just want to say thank you guys and appreciate all the patience with the move. I know it's been a lot, and people are like, Where you been? Where you been? Um, yeah, we're here. We're here. Uh, I want to say thank you to our executive producers, Timothy R., David G., Philip K., Kilted Niner, 49ers, George 365, and of course, Clayton, the man behind the scene. Uh, man, this was fun. I enjoyed this. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it too. And until next time, stay strong, and faithful.